Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Willard and Deb. Sorry for the momentary pause there uh, with the, uh, the YouTube uh, camera, but uh, we're back. And so get on over there and join us here for our final hours. We get you ready to count down to Warriors Live and then Warriors Kings tonight from Chase Center at 7 o'clock. Exactly two hours from now, the tip-off. Warriors go back-to-back, see if they can get a couple of wins in a row after their experience over the last couple of weeks, which has been awful. A couple quick thoughts on, uh, on last night. Night, one of them related to uh, to the late Dayan Milojevic and everything that has sort of unfolded out of that for the franchise. And then I wanted to mention something about Kaminga after last night's game as well. Um, I, I, look, I I thought the. Um, the, the the performance, I don't want to call it that, the, the, the whole ceremony that they put together before the game last night was one of the more touching but also hard-to-watch things. I think it's been really fascinating for fans to see the Warriors and the whole NBA community kind of open themselves up and let us in because – like I've said this before when you and I were on the air when this tragedy happened over a week ago, um, the average NBA fan d- did not know who this was. Like they, they, they did not know this name. is not the Warriors' lead assistant or anything like that. And so the way the NBA and the Warriors have gone about, and the players even, and Steve Kerr, helping us get to know this person, his family, the imprint that he had globally on the game of basketball was really something. It was really something. So I just wanted to take a moment to mention that because um, your heart goes out to everybody involved, obviously starting with his family. Watching his wife sit through this last night was absolutely heart-wrenching. But also, you know, what a special person that, uh, that he was. And, uh, and I, I, I thought that everybody involved did a really good job of, of, of kind of honoring the tragedy, but also allowing the NBA fan in to understand what has just taken place and why it was such an incredibly big deal and difficult loss. Right, because you don't know really any of these assistant coaches in the second row, especially. Like if we went around the association and I asked you to name assistant coaches on any team, you'd be hard-pressed to do it. Because we just don't know, for the most part, these guys. And you mentioned it about all NBA teams, but let alone the Warriors. You know, we talked about this on Monday. You know Ron Adams, he's been here forever. You know Bruce Frazier, Q, we've had him on the show. And then beyond that, you know, Chris DeMarco, you know the name. And maybe you don't know exactly who he is or which one. And as you mentioned, it, you get to, to Decky and the rest of them. And you never would have known him. And I, I think through the tribute in Serbia and obviously the tribute last night and just hearing the players talk about the impact he made, 
it was great to to be able to to get to know him. Unfortunately, you got to know him after he had passed, and it's kind of a rough way to to get to know somebody. But we talked to Steve about it with FP and his legacy and him being a three-time MVP of the Adriatic League. And you got a chance to watch the tributes and you see him as a player, and then you know you you, you see him working with the team as a coach, and it really. It becomes painful as a fan. You realize you're getting to know somebody after they're already gone. And so you have kind of a weird feeling about it. It's like, oh, this guy's a great player. And then you realize, oh, my God, he just passed away. And you see him laughing with the team in video clips. And you think, oh, man, I, I wish I would have gotten to know him. And then it hits you how, how bittersweet it feels for you, somebody who's just you know finally getting to know who this person is. And then you realize these players and these coaches who all – have known him, like Dario Saric, who's known him for years, and the head coach of Toronto, who coached with him and knew him for years, and you realize just how painful it must be for all these other people who have known him and been around him for a long time. The other thing that stood out for me in that game last night was something, it wasn't just Jonathan Kaminga's play, obviously it's fantastic, 11 for 11, it was incredible, he's had a real nice run here in this window where I was like, you know, every game for each individual is information, I think Jonathan has led the team in uh, giving them some information as we approach the trade deadline, but it was something he said after the game. And it just struck me again that Draymond Green is the embodiment of that old saying that both men and women use. Uh, you know, w women can't live with them, can't live without them. Men can't live with them, can't live without them. Draymond Green, you can't live with them and you can't live without them. And as the conversation was ongoing with Kaminga last night, and he started talking about what has really kind of worked for him and why the light bulb is clicking and what has got him playing the way he's playing wouldn't you have it who does he point to Draymond Green and and I thought that that was incredibly important since we we're coming out of a four-week period where almost every voice that, that that we hear on this station is screaming Draymond should be gone, the Warriors should be done with him, we're sick of this guy, what is not he's not worth it anymore, what is it he actually does, and then there's Jonathan Kaminga to put a performance like that together and say the reason I'm developing on the court, for me, what I want to point to and tell you all about what he says to me is Draymond Green. I hope Warrior fans heard that. I, I really do. Because the, the, the idea that Draymond is all Draymond, all selfish, all I'm going to be me and forget everything else, I think has been an inaccurate portrayal the whole time. Yeah, and you could see it in terms of the way he's mentored many of these younger players, and even Jordan Poole himself, who called him his big brother up yep. until the point where he was no longer his big brother. But before the incident that happened last year at practice in the preseason, he was somebody who was being mentored by Draymond Green. So the whole expression of can't live with him, can't live without him, is very appropriate when it comes to Draymond Green, but... It becomes even more maddening when you know Draymond has those incidents where he gets texts, he gets flagrants, he gets suspended, and all the rest of it that hopefully is now largely a thing of the past. And I wonder if the, the episode with Decky, the tragic death of the assistant coach, if that doesn't 
you know, allow him some ongoing perspective. And you saw him last night in tears before the game, and Clay Thompson's yeah. in tears. And, you know, I know for me, it's given me great perspective in terms of this year. And I mentioned this with FP yesterday. I said, you know, not so much just quit on the season, but I'm kind of done with the whole idea of, you know, you got to this or you got to that or, you know, you, you got to figure out something to get for Wiggins and, you you know, two day, two weeks from now, trade deadline and you got to be a playoff team and you got to make a run and this and that. And I think now with this season, you look at it and last night was a great win against an Atlanta team that didn't have Trey Young and there's going to be more great wins and there's going to be bad losses. There'll be good losses and good wins and bad wins and the rest of it. And they're probably going to wind up being about the team that they've been most of the year, and maybe if we're lucky, you get a playoff series or two. But at the end of the day, I think you look at this year and you realize that the Draymond situation and then the tragic loss of Decky, all these things have led you to a place where a lot of this stuff doesn't matter. Well, I I get what you're saying, and that's a very, very normal sentiment when, when they all go through something like they've just gone through. But let's be honest, that'll come back. I mean, you haven't you haven't lost your drive for for warrior basketball. No, and and you, you know what I mean. Like um, the trade deadline is coming. Two weeks it still matters. Today. Yeah. It matters. It absolutely matters what they what they do. It matters, but in terms of greater perspective, well, if they don't, if they don't make a move in two weeks, and if they wind up a team that goes thirty nine and forty three, and they're the ten seed or the eleven seed, and they don't get into the playoffs. It matters, but to me, it's going to matter less in terms of the overall perspective. And we talked about this over the last couple of days about Steve Kerr, and you've mentioned it before. The guy's won four titles, and then you see what he's done over the course of the last eight days navigating this team and this franchise through this unspeakable tragedy, and you see what a great speaker, what a statesman, what a leader, what a friend, and all the rest of it. And for me, it just crystallized again how fortunate we are as Warrior fans to have him as the leader of the team. Yeah, you want to win the title. You want to win every game. I get that. And you want all these things for your team. But at the end of it, we're damn lucky to have Steve Kerr as the face of this franchise. Well, I, I mean, amen to that. That's been true all, all along. You know, like this has always been uh, bigger than, than some of the stuff that, that, that we dive into on a day-in and day-out basis. I didn't like that he, you know, Moody didn't have enough minutes. It's like, okay, what happens when your multi-billion dollar organization goes through something like this? Who, who do you want out front? And I don't mean in terms of PR and who helps all of us fans feel good like Steph Curry I thought through this last week was really good speaking about um, who who you want uh, to, to, to guide the organization through something like this and it's clearly a, a person like Steve who has been through personal surprising tragedy family himself and um, so for him to sort of be the conduit, the connection between that family and this team and, and guide his team through this, I think it's all, it, it, it's all appropriate. And, and who knows? I don't want to draw a line that I have no idea exists, but we've spent a year talking about how bad Draymond Green is for the young players on this team. And for Jonathan Kaminga to be playing the way he is, 
And to do it on a night where Draymond started out on the sideline crying, you know, I, I, I just think there's some togetherness there that we've acted like is not there. Um, there are some characteristics of some of these people that we've attached to them that are not true. You know, we've acted like they're not together, um, and, and, and that's why their record is not good. We don't know that. The record might not be good because maybe they're just not that good. But that does not automatically mean that Draymond has been a cancer or that this team is, uh, is rotten from the inside out. I thought that was an incredibly important night for the future of this basketball team because all of these players are auditioning to still be a part of the future. And I think we get to a year like this in a trade deadline where we're like angry and dismissive and we forget the fact that there is a very real possibility, if not probability, that both Jonathan Kaminga and Draymond Green are going to be teammates together in this city for a long time, for years to come, multiple years to come. And they do have similar things that are asked of them on the basketball court. And they are front court players. And Jonathan needs him. He needs him. And so I get it. He might get traded in two weeks. I totally, and, and I might be talking about either one of them. Maybe both of them will. I have no idea. But Jonathan's done enough in the last three weeks to make me really hope he stays. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, if he stays, Draymond has to also. It might be the best thing for him. I don't think that uh, they're going to end up trading anybody. And the more I've thought about it over the course of the last, not even just the last week, but going back before the tragedy with Coach Decky, I look at players who they might want to trade, mainly Andrew Wiggins, and I don't think that his value is high enough or can get high enough to where you can get enough back for him. And the players that you don't want to trade, players like Jonathan Kaminga, who other teams want you to trade, I think what you've seen from Kaminga over the last month has been eye-popping, eyebrow-raising, and it's been so good. I mean, 11 for 11 is uh, you know putting him alongside Chris Mullen for most right. shot attempts without a miss. The fact that he goes 11 for 11 and does what he did last night and plays with such dominance, they don't have that from anybody else. I can't see them trading Jonathan Kaminga. Now, do you look to move... Moses Moody, I mean, I, you could do a Moody and a Wiggins to try to get somebody back, but the more I look at where they are with two weeks to go till the deadline, I just don't see a move that makes sense in terms of getting somebody to help you now. And I do also think that what happened over the last week with the tragedy has brought everyone together, and maybe it's given them a greater sense of just this is us and let's ride with us until the offseason and see how far we can get. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I don't, I don't want to speak to their uh, their mentality or how that may sure. have sort of changed their their approach to this whole thing because it does it, it. You know, the last time they played basketball, Dibs, it felt like well, the trade deadline is coming, but it's kind of out there still. Yeah, and then this turned into this what felt like a lengthy period of time with no Warrior basketball, and they come back now with a condensed schedule. And the realization that the trade deadline is like right here. Yeah. 
it, it, it's right here, and people have not been able to see their players play and 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 scout that and and figure that out. And things are developing behind the scenes for all of these organizations. So I, I don't know. You may well be right. This whole thing may have changed their approach. I still would be very surprised if it's a total stand pat. I, that that does not feel like this organization to me. I get what you're saying, and uh, I th- also think that if you want to get aggressive, then you got to look at what you can really do. And to me, getting aggressive would be you're, you're going to trade Andrew Wiggins, and you're going to probably throw in a piece that somebody else would want, maybe a pick as well, and you're going to bring back a, a veteran of some sort, some sort of an expiring vet deal and a player who can help you over the course of two months, and does that deal do enough for you to make you good enough to make to make something happen this year? I, I just don't see it, so, you know. <laughs> Penny does not want you to trade Wiggins. Yeah. She's had just about enough of that crap. She's Team Christie with that. Oh, man, yeah. So Penny weighing we'll, in from the fourth we'll, row, that was awesome. <laughs> Rod Wiggins! <laughs> That was awesome. Penny from the fourth row. Yeah, it was. All right. Anyway, um, really good stuff. And, and I, I wanted to point that out because just it stood out to me immediately. You know, it's been two months of what the hell does Draymond do and the young players are yeah, terrified yeah. of him. And, and here's Kaminga who's like, you know who talks to me on the court every day and really gets my head straight is Draymond Green. And I'm like, well, hello. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and it's so Draymond. It's so Draymond. Every single time, as a Warrior fan, you're fed up. He, he does something where you're like, oh, right. But then it's, it goes the other way as well. Every time you're thinking in that indispensable way about Draymond, he does something to drive you up the wall, too. Yeah, for me, it's never been about Draymond and the young players, other than the Jordan Poole incident. I've never really thought about that in terms of things that that bother me about Draymond Green and you know you've heard from everyone that he is a good mentor and the whole big brother thing the things that have bothered me about Draymond Green have been the histrionics and the antics and I think we're going to reach a point that those things are going to go largely by the wayside and I know it's a small sample he's only been back for two games I believe he's played since he's come back and yep. it seems like Draymond is approaching things differently only time will tell but I'm certainly holding out hope that he can just focus on basketball and leave the other the other stuff aside yeah yeah and uh, I mean on the down low kind of a, an interesting off of the bench line for him last night five of six from the field um, and uh, you know five rebounds three assists like he was a team high Plus 19 yesterday in that basketball game. Two of three from three. He continues to be the leading three-point shooter on the team percentage-wise. And he's shooting it better than ever. He's taking the threes that he needs to take. And, boy, they they sure look good last night. And I know they're back at it again tonight, which second half of a back-to-back, it helps that you're coming off a nine-day break. But I I think that you know the schedule right now sets up to where you can maybe – you know, make some moves, make some headway, and, and get back uh, closer toward the top eight here before the break. Do you know who had my absolute favorite total from the three-point line yesterday of all the Warriors? No, who? Jonathan Kaminga. Do you know what he went? I'm looking at it right now. That's Ovo. what I'm talking about, buddy. That's what 
I'm talking about. 11 of 11, O of O. O of O. Go to the hole. You are good at it. You're getting better at it. Don't settle. Don't settle. It's so against everything that his repertoire is. Yeah, and it's... It's just all the offense, though. Sometimes you find yourself in the corner and, you know, a shot created must be taken, but you can go through and look at every shot he had, and I'm looking at it right now. NBA.com, one of the cool things, Mark, is you go to the box score and you click on how many makes they had, and you can look at all 11 makes from the player, and I'm looking at his list. Turnaround jumper, fadeaway jumper, finger roll, finger roll, dunk, jump shot, floating bank, Driving layup, dunk, layup, turnaround, all the things you're talking about. And you look at his shot chart, and he's got one shot outside the key. His shot chart, Mark. He's got one shot that comes about 16 feet from the basket. So maybe that's what Draymond was telling him. Yeah. Um, it was good stuff last night. So Warriors in action in about an hour, 40 minutes. Warriors Live is in 40 minutes uh, with uh, with Evan Giddings. That's coming up here around the bend. So uh, look forward to that throughout the evening here on 95.7 The Game. What stood out to you uh, with regard to our conversation with Sean Salisbury about the game this weekend? And oh, by the way, those of you who missed it, Sean, as always, was fantastic. Come for the football take. Stay for wishing Dibs Happy New Year. You can check that out on the Odyssey app. Uh, all the podcast material is always there. YouTube as well if you want to go back to the listen to the thing in full. But he is predicting that the 49ers and Ravens will play in the Super Bowl, but he's also predicting that all of us are going to have a lot of gray hair in the process. Yeah, three-point game is what he sees actually from both of the football games, which makes sense to me. I think they're, they're both going to be close games. I do like the Niners to win by more than three. I think it'll be closer to the seven, maybe even more. And uh, his take about Brock Purdy was great, very impassioned. And he talked about all the the diarrhea being spewed out there and all these shows by all these people. And he's fed up, Mark. He's fed up with all the all the hate on Brock Purdy. I think we have that. Grandy, give, give, give us a little uh, Salisbury on Purdy. This past week, listening to some of these guys, you, you'd think Brock Purdy was a hack. Well, one thing I do know, that in the first two years of their career, Goff, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes, now Mahomes in year two, but remember he only started one game in year one. He's the best of the four. So let me just start with that. I yet Brock Purdy, and you know from last week, he able to survive. And you know what the narrative? Think about this now. What if Brock Purdy would have thrown the ball Jordan Love through? How would the national media be talking about him that last yeah. the last interception? They'd be killing him. Didn't Brock Purdy take him down to win the game at the end when it mattered, when the game was on the line? We'll be praising guys. I see more guys get credit in the loss who are really good players than a guy does with a win. But all I have to do is listen to the teammates of Brock Purdy, study him on tape to know the guy's a, a great player. Yeah, he's not as talented, but you know, neither was Drew Brees as, as some of the other guys, Josh Allen. Uh, not as talented as Josh Allen. So was, you know, 
uh, Peyton Manning wasn't exactly the most athletic, but man, he sure made the simple play all the time, all these things. I don't need to defend Brock Purdy, but I almost feel like I do because I am flabbergasted at the empty analysis and the, quite frankly, lack of preparation that I hear from some of these national guys that are getting paid seven figures to come on and spew diarrhea about a quarterback who's done nothing other than a few losses and bad games that everybody has. Who doesn't play great, but not good, great football. And if he doesn't finish second in the MVP award, then we got it wrong. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. I agree with him, by the way, on the MVP vote. We'll see where uh, where he ends up. Um, as far as the, the national analysts and what they put out there, we've talked a lot about that. I get it. Some are playing a game. Some actually think the way they think. But, but here's the bottom line, and I think this is what he's tapping into. Like when he says, I, I don't need to defend Brock Purdy, but sometimes it feels like I do. Dibs, I don't know if you agree with this. I have found myself sort of watching two 49er games when they play. There's the regular traditional one. I'm a fan. I don't really care who gets the touchdowns, the credit. I just want the 49ers to win. That person walked away from Saturday very satisfied. But there's this other person. This other person wants Brock Purdy to shove jagged avocados. Oh, jeez. Down... (laughs) Between you and Salisbury spewing diarrhea, it's normally my bit. The uh... I, don't even know, I don't even know why that, that. Like I just made that up. I don't know why I said jagged avocados. It's probably going to be the name of my fantasy team next year. But anyway, like just want him to shove that down people's throats, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Like that suggests to me that on some level this conversation has gotten personal. Which is odd. I've never met Brock Purdy. I don't know if first thing about his family, I mean, other than what we've learned, this is not, like, I, I, I don't, it, I, and I don't care if I'm wrong, like we can all show up on the radio and make fun of me the next day. I, that, that, none of that matters. But I have found the conversation to have a sound that is different than any conversation I've ever heard in sports before to the point where we've reached a level of, like, Dude, that's just rude. And, and, and maybe that sounds too milk and cookie for... I think it's just pro- wrong, not rude yeah, to me. It's, it's just well, wrong. Well, it's both. It's both. It's like, why? Why would there be a national discourse about a 25-game starter, two-year starter, not even, not even two years, this level of success, these numbers, how did the conversation get here and, uh, and, and, and so I find myself not just rooting for the Niners to win, but I want, I like, I want Brock Purdy to prove all of these people wrong. Yeah, it's because you're a big Brock defender, and you take it personally that people have been, you know, Criticizing Brock Purdy, you, you take it personally, and that's but that okay. makes it about me. It's not no, about it's, me. It's, it's, it I is have, about you because you watch no. the game through two different lenses. You just right, said but you I, do. But I have no issue with being wrong. No, what I, I, I don't. I don't think the. Uh, I'm not saying that you have an yeah. issue with people criticizing Brock Purdy when you don't think that he should be criticized, and you've been a big Brock defender. So it is in part about you because. 
you've been very defensive of Brock Purdy, and so when people say these yeah. things, it's not like you need him to play well to validate yourself, but you do want these people who you think are saying wrong things or reckless things or spewing diarrhea, as Sean Salisbury put it. You want to see them somehow put in their place, and that's okay. I felt the same way about Charles Barkley for many years, about jump-shooting teams can't win a title. And Nick Rung, who talks all the smack that he can about Steph Curry and, and other people, it's nice when those people are are proven wrong. Now, they never shut their mouths, which is not ever well, going to fine. happen. But, yeah. yeah, I think that you you want Brock Purdy to play well so that all these people who you think are full of it and – out of out of line, quite frankly. You just said the word rude. You want them to uh, have their comeuppance, and that's okay. I, I do, but it's not for my sake. It really isn't. And it's not even for Brock's because he's shown at every level that he can handle it. It's more for the sake of the entire way we talk about this or the way we, we look at athletes. I think we've gotten used to this through the years, the old build them up knock them down thing. And I look at this and I go, where the hell did the build them up part go? We skipped it. We flat skipped it. Build him up. Knock him down. Not Brock. He showed up and we're like, knock him down. Well, who do we build up? Anywhere, anyhow. No one. Anybody who should. I'll give you. We don't you build up anyone. Absolutely we do. I'll give you a side-by-side example. There are tons this year. C.J. Stroud. No, Not a damn thing should be or would be said. When he wins one playoff game, then in his second, his offense didn't even score. His offense didn't even score. Oh, he's a rookie. And, uh, dibs. <laughs> and Mark, they dibs. weren't they weren't expected to go out there and beat Baltimore. They weren't Doesn't even expected matter. to beat Cleveland. But we're talking about individuals. We do it with Jordan Love. Sean brought it up. He brought up, you could hear it in that comment, he brought up the same thing that I brought up on Monday that Ethan Strauss was writing about, which is that if Brock Purdy had Jordan Love's game, Jordan Love, who only has six fewer starts, I believe, and has been in the league for four years and is a year older than Brock Purdy, if Brock had done what Jordan did, we'd be ripping him. Jordan does it, and everyone goes, what a future. Oh, look out for the Packers next year. What a future. I understand the roster. He got ripped for the throw, for sure. He really didn't. Yeah. He really didn't. Well, again, it goes down to expectations. The Packers were not expected to even be in that game. So when he makes that throw, which was a terrible throw, then you kind of look at it and go, all right, it's kind of what we expected from the Green Bay Packers, a seventh seed. Did you really think you were going to come to Levi's and win that game? So I do think a lot of it comes down to expectations. Uh-uh. And now Brock Purdy, because of Shanahan and his cast of characters and being the one seed, he's got greater expectations, shout out Charles Dickens, than other quarterbacks. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're making it about team, which in a perfect world we would, but we don't. Like, the, the, like we make it about individuals. Um, we always do, especially quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and so, again, I have no problem if he wants to take the normal route, which is, okay, like Josh Allen right now, that's someone that we built up, and now people are like, eh, 
now we're going to start knocking him down. If Lamar Jackson loses Sunday, watch it happen. We're going to knock him down because this guy's 2-4 and four in the playoffs. Have fun with your two MVPs. Neither of you can beat Patrick Mahomes. That's what people will say. And, 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 and Dibs, listen, when Brock Purdy actually loses his first playoff game that he plays in, then maybe we can have this talk. Sorry, it's never happened. He's being knocked down prior to anything bad happening. He should still be in the build him up phase, which is, look at this new toy we had no idea was coming. This is fun. Well, that's, this is exciting. That's partly why we don't build him up is because nobody saw him coming. So, Well, but but nobody sees a lot. No, I mean, Jordan Love, I know, is a first-round draft pick, but at what point were you like, Jordan Love, watch out. Like, he's he's been an afterthought for, for three years now. Yeah, he's been sitting and biding his time, and this year he started to get built up about uh, November when he started playing great, and he had one interception after Halloween, and so you start to get built up along the way. The Brock Purdy one is interesting because now people are having a hard time, quote, building him up because you've come down on a certain side from the get-go. If you're a Brock Purdy hater, if you're one of these people spewing diarrhea, then you've been doing it for so long that you can't now come around to the other side. Because in this day and age of social media and talk shows and blogs and podcasts and all the other media, we all have a take. And you're Steven Ruiz and you're the ringer and you got your quarterback rankings. You can't suddenly go, geez, I might have had this wrong. Let me put him where he belongs at Oh, I don't know, number six or number seven on my QB rankings. No, you got to double down and keep him at 19 or, or keep him at 20. And <laughs> keep that's him below Mac Jones. Exactly. And so yeah. that's where we are in society, Mark. I think it's as much about accountability and it's as much about the refusal of people to say those three words that you, you don't love to say them, but you're man enough to say it. And, you know, FP and I had a big conversation when you were gone the last couple of days about that. The ability to just say, look, I was wrong. And uh-huh. I told you before, I was wrong about Brock Purdy, especially in the offseason when I said to you, I don't, know how, I don't know how he can get better. And then you look at this year and you go, damn, kid got better. So can he well, get even better from here? I, I mean, it's hard for me to figure out how. But the answer is yes. He can still even get better than this. Well, maybe that's a piece of it. Like, it just seemed too easy and too fast and too good. And so people, instead of just believing it, had to go to a different place. And I think for most people it's, well, look, you've got all of the teammates. So... Um, so this so this still can't be real. And so a year and a half later, I think there are still some people in that boat. Um, let's go to Trey in Richmond here on uh, on 95.7 The Game and Willard and Dibs. Hey, Trey, what are you doing? Oh, man, just about to get some gas. Um, I just want to touch on something because I heard some of the comparisons you were making. Um, for one, I get where you're coming from, but I kind of disagree with you. For one, you got to understand. A lot of expectations came with this Niners team this year. I'm sure we'll all agree with that. With, with them being in the NFC title game just a year ago and the way they lost to the Eagles, I'm sure we can all see why the expectations were so high. But of like course. when you're talking about Jordan Love and C.J. Sprout, let's just be honest. None of us didn't – let's just start with C.J. Sprout. We didn't see them even making the playoffs this year because the way the Houston Texans were with a new coach, new quarterback, we just didn't see that. So they overachieved. I think we can all agree, right? They overachieved, right? Yes. Okay. So 
to me, that, that, that shouldn't be no argument trying to say, well, if, if Brock, no, Brock has expectation because he has tons of talent around him. And right, but Trey, but Trey, Trey, let, let, here's, I'm not making that comparison. I don't think the conversation around C.J. Stroud is wrong. I, I want to know why the conversation around Brock was never like that. So, Trey, go back to last year when Brock mm-hmm. was out of nowhere and there you could not have expectations for him. We all thought the season was over when Jimmy broke his foot. So then Brock walks out there and does great. Where was the build him up phase of, hey, like you, you, you found something amazing here as opposed to the immediate jump to dismiss what he's doing. Well, well okay, well, I'm not going to say, no, we can say this, yes. Brock is overachieved and everything like that. It's the same thing, okay? And I'd say the same thing would have worked with Brady. If Brady doesn't win that first championship, which we all agree, Brady would be under the same thing that Brock would be under. I think we all know that. And I'm just like saying, until they win, yes, the naysayers are going to lay. The naysayers are going to come for Brock. That's how it is. I'm not. I don't make the rules, but that's just how it is in today's society. <laughs> you know. And I agree with you. I'm not a Nick Wright guy. You know, he he blabbles his mouth all the time. But until he wins, everybody's going to shut up. And so that's what's going to happen. You know. And I'll take your thoughts off air. Yeah, Trey, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. I mean, that'll be um, February, what's the date of the Super Bowl? Is it the 12th? February 11th? February 12th? What's it? Uh, but anyway, whatever the next day is after um, the uh, the Super Bowl, yeah, it's February 11th. It's the 11th, yeah. Yeah, February yeah. 11th. So the show on February 12th, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, um, I promise you, it's going to be uh, maybe not on the 12th because that'll just be a celebration. But by the 14th, by Valentine's Day, uh, we will talk about how this still will not provide Brock Purdy the credit that many of you think that he's going to get if they win. Well, that's from uh, not your standpoint, but that's from the standpoint of people who want to go out of their way to blank on Brock Purdy. And that's just the way that goes. And if you. You look at a quarterback who's done what he's done and has had the season that he's had, and I'm disagreeing with Salisbury a little bit because I don't know if he'll finish second in the MVP voting. We know he's a finalist. He's one of five, so he'll be there for the NFL honors. It's uh, you know McCaffrey and Purdy are two of the five, and Josh Allen and obviously Lamar Jackson. And uh, the other one... Who's the oh? Is it Dak? Dak Prescott is the fifth, I think, yeah. among the finalists. So he's in that category. And if he goes out and he wins the Super Bowl, sure, there are going to be some people who still want to say, "Well, you know, Brock Purdy, his cast of characters, laminated play sheet, Kyle Shanahan, system QB, scheme, blah blah blah, all the rest of it." If you come out with that take on February twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, whenever it is. You're an idiot, and you lose all your credibility in my eyes as somebody who has an opinion that is worth listening to. So you're not wrong that some people will have that opinion. I will just be of the mind to discount anybody 
who comes out with that take. Sure, but I mean that's that's part of it, and and you know that's that's already the case. You 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 already discount a lot of it. I I like I'm just noticing the arc of this conversation and how it's very different than what you usually watch with athletes. Like it just feels like Brock missed out. He missed out on the excitement of his arrival and the build him up phase. We skipped directly to the knock him down, and that's how we got. Where, where we are. That's why there's so many people who are confused by this and now clapping back from Salisbury, Pat McAfee, what have you. Um, all right, Warrior Basketball is in an hour and 20 minutes. We're not done yet. Stay where you are on the phones, those of you. GPD's on the line, Dibs, so look out. Um, that's coming up here in uh, just a little bit. And uh, the Warriors are back in action against the Kings at 7. That means Warriors Live with Evan Giddings is about 20 minutes away at 6. It's brought to you by Xfinity, the Xfinity 10G network, made for streaming live sports. This is Willard and Dibs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's a wispy guy, sort of a smurfy guy. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Was that this week? Did you get a smurfy out of him? Yes, absolutely. And uh, That's tremendous. I'm proud of you. He also dropped a, uh, that's a tremendous story. Because FP told the story about uh, meeting an 18-year-old Tom Brady 
at Candlestick when FP was an Expos <laughs> player, and the Expos really wanted Brady to sign with him after they drafted him. And so he shadowed FP for a day at the stick, and uh, apparently FP and some of his teammates said to him, Dude, don't sign with the Expos. They're cheap, and we stink. Go to Michigan. So apparently FP got contacted by the Boston Globe after Brady's fourth Super Bowl, and the urban legend is that FP Santangelo is the reason that Brady played football and not baseball. That really Ooh. is an incredible story. So um, that's, wow. how, that's how the interview started, because Peter had looked at his uh, baseball reference, and he's like, FP, I might be the only guy who knows you hit 17 home runs as an expo. <laughs> so it's kind of a different Peter King. Well, uh, we've been on a roll with our, uh, our Peter King stories lately. Remember, uh, his story the week before led to us asking Steve Mariucci about uh, Brett Favre and fart juice. So yeah, there you we're go. crushing it. Yeah, uh, you're funny. <laughs> hey, Willard, that, uh, that drop I played of him saying wispy little guy and the smurfy little guy, that was about a specific Lions player. I'm wondering if you could guess which Ooh. player Peter King was talking Randy, about. Randy, game show music. Yes. 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 Wow, Lucas, that sounded like a record player that got thrown off of a balcony. Um, all right. Uh, the Lions player is wispy and smurfy? Correct. That's again. correct. Yeah. You want to play it again, Granny? No. no. Yeah. Uh, Whiskey and Smurfy. Um, I'm going to guess that he is uh, talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh. Dibs, do you have a guess? You were on the interview. Yeah, boy, this is awkward. I should probably get this right. Uh, I think it was David Montgomery. Uh, Yeah, neither. Jameer? Jameer Gibbs? You had the position group correct on your first guess, Willard. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, geez, are we talking about, um... <laughs> How many Lions receivers can you I name, I mean, right? Josh Reynolds? Like, uh, are we talking about Raymond? Uh, like, uh, oh, okay, yeah! <laughs> Wispy and Smurfy. Khalif, Khalif Raymond, um, yeah. Khalif Raymond. Yeah, there you go. How the hell did your conversation end up on Khalif Raymond? You know how Peter yeah. King works. 5'8", well, 180, yeah, Khalif Raymond. So I guess he is wispy and smurfy. Wispy and smurfy. Questions well, mean this... nothing in terms of determining where yeah. conversations go. I mean, Peter. Right. smurfy might just because the color of the jersey, but uh, but they won't be wearing that on Sunday. I wish I was 5'8", 180. Sort of yeah. a smurfy guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. All right. Hey, before we hand it over to uh, Warriors Live, there's a bunch of people uh, that would like to yell at us. So let's... Uh, Let's, Let's go do to the it. phones. Let's go. GPD, Hayward, Graham, Pog, Daddy, where have you been? <laughs> you know what? I love you guys, right? We love you, too. You hung up you know on me that, yesterday, right? GPD. We had you on hold, and you disappeared. You know, I took that personally. I, I, didn't hunt, I didn't hang up. I was in a different area, and it just hung up. But today I was in Sonora. I had to go to Sonora to go pick up a... Solar trailer. Nice. Gold country. I love it up there. Dude, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, right? And so on the way back, you know, in and out, reception. Listen, then I got down here. I had to clean my truck off because I had to go to a muddy quarry to get this trailer. It was all mudded up. And then I finally got in touch with you guys. And I'm like, oh, my boys. Yeah, you know, just real quick, don't hang up on me, man. I got, you know, I got a couple of sweatshirts for you guys. Uh, Dibs, you're extra large, right? You watch your mouth, Grandpa Daddy. 
Now, are you large or extra large? I'm a large. I'm not that big. Some people have said I'm a fat red pumpkin. Ricky but... told me extra large for the hoodie. Man. I, Mark, your girl told me extra large for Dibs that, and large for you. That's right, because that's what Dibs has always asked for. You've always asked for XL. Whenever a there's a T-shirt, you've always These are that, hoodies. These are not T-shirts. You, you, you can understand that sizing asked. is different, right? Size matters. I know oh, that. Okay. It, it, yes, yes. You have always asked for XLs. Size matters. And Matt, Matt told me to bring it in. I got the I got the hoodie zip up for you, Dibs, and and for you, my my younger friend. Cause you ain't a grandpa daddy like me and Dibs. Mm-hmm. Nope. I got you the large pullover hoodie. Oh baby, I GPD. Been... Bang bang Niner game. I'm waiting to bring it in. Why are you waiting? waiting Where were you going to win the season? It's going to be over. Is this call going to be over? Okay. Hey, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm going to bring it in because I love you guys. I got them for you. They're just sitting there in my house collecting dust, still in the Christmas package. I bought it, you know, before Christmas, and it still got Christmas packaging. But anyway. We can't wait. We can't (laughs) wait, Grandpa. Yeah, damn Dibs, I kind of heard you say, oh, yeah, yeah, birdie, six, seven. But listen, the way I look at it, you got Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, maybe Dak, and then Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy and Dak, I don't see it any other way, man, as far as number three. Come on, man. You know, draftism is totally live in effect. These people are just... They're haters, bro. And I don't want to hear this system crap. Bro, look what this young man has done. He's so humble. Can you just give him his props? Why are these people hating on him, bro? Look what he's done. Sure, you know, we all go up and down. We have our struggles. But, man, what has he done? Can you just look at it? Don't hate. Participate. I love it. I love it, Dibs. He's right. Yeah, I got him at 18 right now in my QB rankings. I am Steven Ruiz. Okay. I got right. him at 18. He's behind Caleb Williams. And uh, who else is he behind? Justin that's, Fields. That's, He's behind Justin Fields and Drake May. That's squarely because of the XL size issue that has developed. XL that's in the t-shirt, is. large in the hoodie. It's just not that complicated. You can shrink it. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Rob in Concord. I was in the uh, pool. Hey, Rob, what are you doing? Hey, guys, just driving in traffic. I'm not here to yell at you. Uh, really, it, it's just it's hilarious the the bias right on Brock Purdy and. I just want to say that although Brock Purdy might have talent all around him, isn't that the same for many of the teams that aren't currently in the next round in the AFC Championship with Josh Allen with a Stephon Diggs and an offense that is loaded that should be there but isn't? Same old Bills, the Dolphins as an example. And take it back. Let's go to 1999. Uh, a guy that was bagging groceries and came in for Trent Green had talent all around him, so he compliments. 
So Brock Purdy has players that are going to complement his abilities, his talents, and vice versa. So I really, really hope for the Niners, for Brock, that they win this NFC Championship, that they get to the Super Bowl, and we'll see what happens there. Hopefully they'll hoist the Lombardi Trophy, and people are still going to get on his case. They'll get on the case of Kyle Shanahan and his laminated Denny's menu of a play-calling sheet with the Grand Slam on the corner. But you know what? At the end of the day, we can celebrate that if they win, and everybody can just, you know, that, that does not does not like the Niners or Brock Purdy. Well, Thank you very, uh, very much. Yeah, the trick is the trick is to find a way to simply compliment what Brock Purdy's doing without people thinking that you're trying to say um, he's uh, he's Mahomes or he's Montana or he's anything. He's just Purdy. He's just Purdy, and and that's good. Is it good enough? We'll find out Sunday. Find out. Yeah. Um, Hey, man, you want to do it again tomorrow? Yeah, you take care of yourself so you're able to do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll be there tomorrow. All right. You can, you can go ahead and you can book it. But first, you're going to uh, get ready for Warriors Live. That's what's coming up. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. It's Warriors Live with Evan Giddings. Here we go, Dubs. Taking on the Adorables and the Sacramento Kings. Thanks for the hang, everybody. Today, we already look forward to tomorrow when you get you ready for Championship Sunday. For Dibs, for Grandy, for Lucas, I'm Mark. Shoot your shot. It's all you got. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.